Welcome to the Valley View Podcast. My name is Caleb Chamberlain, and I'm the pastor here at Valley View Church. We are so grateful that you are joining our church family as we pursue the Lord's heart and His plan for all of us. It is our desire to grow, and we are excited that you get to join us in this adventure. So grab your Bible and prepare your heart to seek God's face and all that He has in store. We get to do this together. We get to choose to do this and do it the way God is inviting us into. He's inviting us into a relationship. We're doing this together because we want to do it as a church body. Like now, whether you want to sit it out, you'll see those little pieces of paper. We'll talk about that more here in a minute. I think I mentioned it actually last week. We talked about these little pieces of paper. My goal for these little pieces of paper is for you to say yes to this fast or no. You can choose. I'm going to let you choose it. Yes to this fast and what you're choosing to fast and say, Lord, this is what I'm choosing. I'm choosing to give this up for 21 days. Again, like this is what we're going to do collectively. So you have this option. I'm not making you do it. I want us to do it together because I believe that God has more in store for when we do this together. And he is excited about connecting with our hearts. So we're doing this and we're pursuing um, this focus of remaining steadfast, right? And the place of connecting with his heart loving one another and seeking his will to be done in our lives and the lives around us. So that means up, in and out. We're going to be focusing on these things of God. Like we want to be connecting with him. What is his idea? Staying steadfast in that place. Because like what he began last year, I can't wait what he's going to continue on in this year. He's got something in store for us all. And we want to be connecting with his heart about that. And this is why we fast, right? It's one thing that we desire. This one thing we seek. We seek to start our year, to start our lives every day moment of fixing our eyes in God and inquiring in his ways. That's Psalm 27, 4. I'm just recapping a few minutes. I'm going to take a few minutes for those who haven't gotten to listen or have been a part of this. I'm asked one thing of the Lord. It is what I desire. This thing I have asked, he's wanting, he's longing for it, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, gazing on the beauty of the Lord and seeking him in his temple. We are looking to God. We're saying, God, this is the one thing we desire. This is, you are the one thing we seek. To lay down some of the things that are clawing for our attention. Again, like me and Daniel and Lisa were just talking, like just the things that claw for our attention. Like, so I'm not, I'm not sharing what he's going to fast, but it was just really cool just to see what God is doing in his heart. I'm writing it down. I'm committing to it. I'm laying it down. And I'm going to take it. And I'm going to throw it away. Okay? I just want you to know, because I'm not going to be like, oh, this is, uh, this is David's handwriting. He said he's going to do this. How's it going, David? You know, that's, <laughs> I see you're eating a cheeseburger and you said you're going to be doing this. I see. No, I'm not, that's not our goal is to be... A, me being the accountable, like the police, the fast police, slow police, fast, okay, anyway. Um, no, but we're going to be just writing these things down and saying, God, I give this to you. Just as important it is to give my offering of my money, to give my time, my, my will, everything I'm giving, I'm giving it as an offering. So if you want to take it and stick it up there face down, don't do it as on demand, okay? You can, have, you can write the words, no, I'm not going to fast and put it still there. Okay? Because we're not doing this for any glory of man. We don't know what you're committing to. We don't care. He cares. I don't. I want you to do it as unto him. 
So whatever you feel like God's calling you into, he's going to call you into something hard. Trust me. Um, me and Michelle were talking this morning and like, again, like just that, that idea, like the, the, the flesh and my, my flesh starts saying, I don't want to give him some things. There's some things I don't feel comfortable. And your flesh starts thinking of, hmm, is there something I don't have to really care about as much that I could just give him up? He's like, no, but I see the value of it. He's like, it's like the $100 versus the, the widow's might. He's like, I see what you're giving. And it doesn't amount much. And I see the widow's might saying, I'm giving you, it doesn't seem like much, but it's everything to me. And I'm giving it to you. So this is what we're after. We're fasting, right? Recognizing, this is the points we talked about last time. Recognizing that we are spiritually barren. We are spiritually barren. We have to remember that. Because sometimes we forget because we get stuffed with the sugary sweetness of life and busyness and we get distracted. We forget, oh my gosh, I am spiritually barren. I have nothing without you, God. And we're setting our heart to seek the Lord. We're putting ourselves in a position to seek after him. And his gaze, again, his gaze and perspective is all that we're after. We don't care about anybody else's perspective. If you put that up there, and we, no one's going to care if you're like, I'm going to sell my house and this, that, and the other, or I'm going to give up cheeseburger once, one day a month. You know, like that's, we don't know, but he knows the value of what you're giving up. And pray that the Lord would say, Lord, this is really, it doesn't seem like much to you. It may not seem like much to you, but Lord, I'm giving this up. This means a lot to me to give it up. It's hard. This is challenging. It's going to hurt a little bit. But we do this because, not because we're earning his relationship, but because we're saying, God, this takes second place to everything that you have in store for me. This may seem like, this. Will, I want this to be nothing. It's going to hurt my flesh a lot. Because again, I joked about it, but like every time you say like, you know, because your flesh is going to do this, trust me. If you say you're going to give up, I don't know, cheeseburgers, okay, or steak. Sorry, I'm talking about this a lot if you guys are already starting fast. But if you're saying that, guess what your flesh starts saying every moment, you're like, you know what sounds really good is a cheeseburger or steak. That sounds great. You're like, you know what, I'm going to give up, you know, because I don't want it to be easy. Again, I'm saying this for myself. I don't want it to be easy. And I'm declaring this over my flesh. I don't want it to be comfortable and easy. So I'm praying like, Lord, help us because we are, right, it's that Matthew 5, 3 through 6. I don't know if I've got that on there. Okay, I don't have it on there, but I'm going to read it out anyway. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, right? Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. These are the blessings, but this is also, this is our heart posture. He's, Jesus is saying, this is the kingdom of heaven. It's for those who are poor in spirit. It's for those who mourn for the bridegroom. It's for those who are meek and trust and seek after God, who mourn their sins but long for salvation, who those who hunger and thirst for right standing with God. That's who the kingdom's for. That is for you. And there's blessings in that. We're placing our lives before the eternal throne of heaven and becoming poor in spirit, mourning for the bridegroom and, for, and from our sin. This, is, this could be a good time to repent from sin. This is, fasting is great. Meek, we're, we're, let's say there's a blessing for those who are meek, submitting ourselves to the king, hungry and thirsty for right standing with him. We want more of God so we remove anything that comes in the way of encounter. We make space for godly encounter. And again, I'm just going to remind ourselves, we're not, I don't want you looking like you're fasting when you come in next time, okay? Or when you go to the live group, you're like, 
I got my jug of water. That's all I got. Look at this. You know? <laughs> it's just like, no, come on in. Yeah, the food's, the, the food's not in abundance at Sunday Life Group. I mean, they're committing to it. They're like, bring your own snack, whatever your fast is, bring it. That's what you're doing. I love that. So if you've got your cheeseburger and you're allowing yourself to do that, don't like, hey, this is like good. You know, like, don't taunt one another. And also for those who are, I'm fasting, I'm doing like the Daniel fast or something like that. Like, you know, don't go like, man, that cheeseburger looks so good. I wish I could eat it. Like, that's not the point, right? You're doing it for the glory of now who? For one another. You're doing it for him though. He's like, for me, I see what's done in secret. Um, but when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. He will. It's a promise. Jesus has spoken it. We are not, I'm just, again, I know I'm rehashing a lot of things, but I just want to make sure this is where we are. Let's see here. When you fast, do not look somber. Uh, oh, here we go. We're not doing this to show others, right? We're not, we're, we're poor in spirit. Like he's like, we're not like, he's like, blessed are those who show off that they're poor in spirit, uh, who show off that they're meek. Like, no, he's like, no, you are poor in spirit. Recognize that. Yeah, you're true. It, it, you're right. But walk in that reality. Like that, hum, that, that humility that comes from being poor in spirit. Like I have nothing without you, God. That re- that's humility right there. That's humility recognizing what you don't have. And the only one has that. We are nothing. We have nothing without him. We're not just taking time to fast for church, like for this thing. We're taking a step towards a fasted lifestyle, which I think I'm actually, I think I mentioned this last week, but I'm definitely gonna be talking about this next week. Fasted lifestyle, where we live perpetually in the knowledge that we have nothing without him. Or daily seeking him, daily coming before him. These 21 days, we're gonna be daily doing away with and surrendering things that come between us. Who we're the bride and he's the bridegroom. We want him, his focus. Again, like we're not doing this for anyone's eye gaze. Like, I'm just rehashing it and reemphasizing it. But I want us to make sure that when we do this, like Lord, the good thing is I know you see this. That's the point. It's not like, God, I'm doing this for you so you can see me. It's like, no, Lord, I know you see me. Help me, because I'm sucking at this right now. I just, I stink at fasting. I'm, I'm craving all the things that I don't, I said I would give up, and I'm, I'm very frustrated, and I'm hangry, and I'm grumpy, and I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm in withdrawals. I want to, you know, knock someone out, you know, well, you know, like, don't do it to your spouse. Okay, just like, love one another. It's like, Lord, I don't want to go in that spirit of, um, permissiveness of grumpiness of just like no lord help me because this is what you see this raw vulnerable state help me to walk in the opposite spirit of what my flesh is screaming out it's 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 so selfish it's so manipulative it lies to your flesh is a liar and he's one it and it's your sin nature it's like all the things that come between you and god he's like but what about distraction? What about this? He's like, no, but Lord, you see what's in my heart. I'm not doing this for anyone's gaze. I'm only doing it for you. The Ephesians 5, 6, 5 through 8, that talking about not, don't, you know, it's talking about bond servants. Obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with sincere heart as you would Christ. Not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. That's what we're doing this for, for him. 
onto him because we love him. Man, we do this for him. So we're at a first point. Here we go. Oh, thank you. I think I got my, appreciate you here. Um, I think I got things a little bit out of order. So we're going to do point one. <laughs> You're looking ahead. Oh, that's good. That's okay. You're allowed to do that. It's not a, a surprise. Fasting is remaining steadfast before the Lord. Hold on. This is the wrong slides. Do we have the right slides? Maybe I exported the wrong slides. Hmm. Fun. Well, the good thing is it's all going to be a fun surprise. <laughs> this is not the right slides. Interesting. So that's, we, uh, I'm just going to, you're just going to have to follow along with you with your Bibles. That's all right. Love technology. It's good. Thank you guys for that. You guys are, I know you guys are doing a blog back there. So um, fasting is remaining steadfast before the Lord. Oh, thank you. There we go. So yeah, point one is remaining steadfast before the Lord. Thank you, H. When we realize not only that, but live daily, when we not just understand with our minds, but we also say, Lord, I'm going to live in this reality that I am poor in spirit. Our spirit is mourning for the bridegroom. Like, Lord, I really miss you. I love you. I long for encounter with you. And I'm looking at like, help me, Lord, to stay in this place of meekness, of humility, coming before you, submitting to you. Help me to be hungry and thirsty because, Lord, I know that that's my, that is the way I've been created. I, I have a need for you, Lord. When we live in this reality, we are in need of God. We are consumed by God and we long for all that he is. There is a blessing when we walk in that reality. So we must remain steadfast before his gaze. Now, I'm going to read Psalm 119, 19 through 20 here. Um, oh, let's see here. Sorry, I'm going to, I must have bumped a few buttons. Here we go. There we go. Now we're on the right track. Okay. I was like, man, what did I do? Psalm 119, 19 through 20. I am a stranger on earth. Do not hide your commands from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. There's a lot in this right here. It's acknowledging a lot of things. He's saying, I don't belong here. This earth is not my home. I don't belong. The things of this earth do not compare with the encounter with you, with the reality that who you are, who you've called me to be. He's saying, I am a foreigner. I don't belong on this earth. The, the writer is living in the knowledge that nothing on earth can truly satisfy, and there's only one thing that does. You see that he's like, my soul is consumed it's consumed for your laws at all times. Or it says in other parts, your word. But as I look through, like in, um, I was looking through the, like the meaning of this, he's like, he's not talking about just, you know, the word, like the Bible. I'm not saying he's, read your Bible, read your Bible only. He's like, no, but I have fresh encounter, which comes from your word, Right? It's not just saying, read your Bible, read your Bible, be hungry for your Bible. It's like, no, be hungry for a relationship with God, which God wants to encounter you through his word, through Holy Spirit. He has plans for you. He has relationship from you for, that he desires. He wants revelation and relationship. The writer of this verse is seeing that only encounter with God, that revelation and relationship with God matters. I am a stranger. Do not hide your ways from me, your, your, your commands from me, the way you speak to me. Don't hide your encounters from me. 
My soul is consumed with longing for your laws, your word, your ways at all times. When we're doing this thing, taking this time to fast and to seek God, we're stepping together and groaning inwardly. We are longing for God, our only hope. We're fully consumed with longing. Our state of being is empty, right? We are empty without him. He is the river of living water that's in us, that fills us, the bread of life that only fills us, that will never be hungry again. But if we stop saying that was enough, and we say, I, I'm sorry, I've got, a, I've got other things that consume me now. No, he's like, no. Now you're seeking for things that will never, never satisfy. He's like, seek the bread of life. Seek the water, living water. We need to understand our state of being is empty without him. Our lifetime is to be filled with encounter with God. I love that because, you know, we, we've heard Jeff share this before. He's talking about that Ephesians passage um, I don't know if you were here, but it was really good. He's like, man, God didn't just want to encounter you once or a few times. He's like, what if you had a lifetime of encountering God? Have you been told that you could encounter God a lifetime? Very rarely. People are like, oh, I don't know. Like, if, but that, they speak from their experience, but they don't speak from what God's doing. He's like, it may not be like the, you know, the Saul, the Paul situation where he's knocked on his butt and blind and he's fasting and he's praying and seeking after God. It may not always be like that, but it will be a lifetime of encounters. There will be a lifetime of being touched by his spirit. He is wanting to move. So we patiently, persistently seek out God in his ways. And he responds and there's fruit in remaining steady and steadfast. Romans 8, 23 through 27. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit groan inwardly as we await eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. We are, he's not talking about like when we long to be saved, but he's like also talking, he's like, I want to be fully in my, my new man. I want to be fully with God. I want to be fully done with this flesh. I want to be fully in. I long for those things. I groan inwardly as we await eagerly for the end, for the relationship with God. For in this hope we are saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. But who hopes for what is already, they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we will wait for it patiently. We will wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. He is groaning to know more about God. He is searching things. He's like, I want you to know God for whole all he fully is. He has so much, again, like that Psalm 139, he has numerous thoughts. You think about saying, have you ever been to a beach and, or have ever been to a beach and then somehow got in your car and you keep finding sand everywhere? There's sand. It's amazing how much sand there is. The reality is he has so many thoughts for us. We discover little pieces of sand. There's so much sand in your car. There's so much sand. He has so many thoughts for you. He has so much to share with you. And the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. He is seeking out. He is inquiring. It talks about later in a different passage. But he's looking and he wants to share. And he helps us in our weakness. Because again, like right now, 
We are weak. We have weaknesses that we don't know what to do. He helps us on our weakness. We're like, God, I don't even know what to pray for. He's like, we just groan inwardly. But the reality is when we place ourselves in that fasted lifestyle, when we say, God, I'm not going to distract myself with the things that are so convenient, that so distract me, that so hold me back, but I'm going to say, Lord, I'm going to put myself in a state of mourning, of seeking you, of being humble and asking God for what you have in store for me. What are you yet to share to me? What have I missed out on? What do you have for me? What are you excited about sharing with me? But I've been too distracted. I've been too busy. I've been too preoccupied that I don't realize that my inner man is groaning, is hungry, is longing, and the Spirit himself is interceding. When we remain steadfast in this place, we remain open to his ways, ready to receive from him. We become, and I love this passage because we, we prayed it. You know, actually, Kathy, you prayed it, and I just love this passage, that Luke, uh, Luke 18, 8.15. We become good soil, right? Because like, he's like, he's not talking about if you remain good soil. It, good soil, if you know about it, like, I mean, for those who have gardened before, um, soil doesn't stay the same. The state of soil changes over time depending on what you do to it to care for it. It can become hardened. It become weed infested. It could look like our backyard. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of onions. There's like in the state of the soil. It's amazing. He's like, no, but remain good soil. It's why he talked about that tree. You know, the the, the fig tree. He's like, the state of the, that fig tree should have been ready for fruit in that different season. He's like, he's saying, you're not ready. You're not remaining in that place. He's like, when I I want you to remain good soil receptive. It talks about Luke 8, 15. But the seed in the good ground, these are the ones who have, having heard the word with an honest and a good heart, hold on to it and by enduring produce fruit. When we fast, we remain receptive to his word. When we fast, we tenderize, it tenderizes your heart. It tenderizes your heart because, I'm sorry, if you are not tenderized and you, again, tenderized sometimes looks like irritation and grumpiness and just emotional tenderness. I mean, again, we all get that way, but and sometimes we're like, man, this is just awful. He's like, no, this is good. I know it stinks right now, but this is good for you. You're remaining, ten, you're remaining tender. You're remaining receptive to his word. You're holding on to it. And by enduring, again, that word, that enduring, that, that word we're going for, steadfastness, holding on, clinging to his word. When we remain steadfast and clinging on to his word, his word will produce fruit in our lives that will last. And this brings us to our second point. Fasting is meant to increase our capacity to receive more from him. God has designed us so that when we give ourselves to him by fasting and reading the word, our capacity to receive more of him increases. And who, who wants more of him? Like, I, hold on, just double checking. Who wants more of him? Who's satisfied with what you have? I should, I'm, he's like, I'm sorry, I created you not to be satisfied to have hunger. He's like, I created you to want more of him. I'm not satisfied. But he created us to be able to have the ability to receive from him. 
Our capacity to receive from Him increases. No other dimension in the grace of God opens wide the deepest places of our beings like fasting and filling our hearts with the Scriptures that emphasizes the truths of Jesus as our bridegroom. No other dimension. You can't find it. You can find some things that are pretty good. But when you fast and when you pray, there's a whole new dimension that opens up. Fasting serves as a catalyst to increase the depth and the measure to which we receive from God. By fasting, we receive greater measures of revelation at an accelerated pace, which has deeper impact upon our hearts. I'm going to say that again. By fasting, we receive greater measures of revelation at an accelerated pace, which has a deeper impact upon our hearts. This is what we long for. We, we are making space for godly encounter. We are clearing the table for everything that, again, I know you know the things that are cluttering your mind, your life, your time. I mean, some of it, for some of it, it's shows. Some of it's, it's games. Some of it, it's people. Some of it, it's, it's food. It's, or some of it, it's just, it's like, you know what those things are. Those preoccupations, this, this total fascination for, again, like, you know, some of us are connoisseurs. Like, we love food. We, again, nothing wrong with food. I'm not, I'm, I know I'm hitting on food pretty hard today. But, like, food is something that we're always worried about, thinking about, planning on. Like, I mean, again, like, you know, I, I love it. Sometimes one of my favorite, like, trips has been, like, you know, we talk, we just get done eating food, and we talk about what's the next meal. <laughs> yeah, we're just like, okay, what are we going to eat next? This is going to be good. That's, where should we go out? Like, that's vacation. That's, that's a good vacation. Um, but he's like, the reality is you're trapped in food. You're trapped in not only food, but luxurious food sometimes. And I, I, you know, I get around people, again, I get this way too. I hear them talking about and picking on food and, like, breaking it apart, like, oh, this is pretty good, and this is okay. And like, you know, what if you just had fruit and veggies, like Daniel, and just see what happens? See what happens when you say, okay, these are offered to me. Tell, tell me he didn't have a lot of good things offered to him. He was at the king's palace. He was a part of these big, big people. They were offering great, fantastic food, food that would just been like, you know, drooling over. Um, like, but he's like, no, God has called me to say no to this, to fast this, and to say, I'm going to seek these things. And they thought he was crazy. But he's like, no, I know what's good for me. I know what God is inqu- wants for me. He's like, I know what God is saying to me, and I'm going to listen to him, not you. People will say you're crazy, by the way, for what you fast for. If you mention it, they'll say you're crazy, especially if you're, they notice, like, why, why are you not eating this? Like, well, you know, you can find out a clever way of just dodging the question. Um, just, you might have those, those conversations at work. Um, but just, man, the whole focus is, God, I want to clear space. I want to, you know, I'm giving up this, just this silly, arbitrary one thing that seems like nothing to anybody else, but it means something to me. And I'm giving this up because I know that there's going to be a reward here. I want to be filling that space with godly encounter. Because again, in 1 Corinthians 1, uh, 2, 9 through 10, it says, As it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through, his, through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. 
Holy Spirit who searches the depths of God, who knows all things. Holy Spirit wants us to know the riches of God's love towards us who believe. And not only that, he wants to strengthen us in our inner being. He knows what we need, right? We're weak. We place ourselves in a weak state and acknowledge, like, because the reality is like, there's nothing more embarrassing than somebody saying, I'm strong, when you know for sure they're not. It's like, I love my kids when they're like, oh man, I just, I love when they're like, ooh, and they just they, 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 they think they're going in beast mode and they're like real strong and they're going to do these big things. And the reality is they're weak. They're weak. But that's okay. To understand your weakness is okay. I love when you understand who you are. You're like, Lord, do you see me the way I just saw my kid right there? Like, is that how I am? To inquire and ask him what he thinks of you, that's kind of a vulnerable place. To say, God, really, you know, I thought I was here, but what if I asked that question, God, where am I really, truly? Am I weak? Am I acknowledging I'm weak? Am I being honest with myself and putting myself in that place of total trust, total vulnerability, again in your hands, like as a child would with his parents? Am I really trusting you as a father? Do you have more for me? He knows what we need. He knows that we're weak and he has, he wants us, he wants to strengthen us in our inner man. He wants it. Like it says in Ephesians 1, 18 through 21. I pray that the eyes of your heart, this is the passage that, jo, uh, that Jeff was talking about. The eyes of your heart be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Actually, it's a different, different passage. This is the one I love. But I love this idea. He's like, I want you to be, your eyes to open up to see the hope that he's called for you, the fullness of all that I have for you. I want you to get it. I want you to understand it. I want you to walk in it. His incomparably great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength. He exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also the one to come. He's saying, this is the power I have for you. The one that I raised Christ from the dead, that's the same power that I have for you. He has so much in store for us. Man, and the Holy Spirit is searching. We need to let him search. We need to let him inquire. We need to give him space. And we need to be receptive. Again, the second point, we're asking God to increase our capacity to receive for more of him. We want more of him. Ephesians 3, again, it continues on. This is the passage here. That's a little smaller than I thought it was going to be. Sorry. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his, the same power, through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. This passage, if you're not blown away by this, this passage and just like, this is what he has for you. This is what he longs for you to have. And to, he's like, no, I want you to be strengthened. I want to dwell in your hearts through faith. I want to dwell in there. I want to get deep into there. I want to be 
fully in you and fully touching your heart. I want to be fully immersed. Like where again, it looks, it's, it's that point where, you know, like married couples, you like, you belong together. You look like you belong together. I can't imagine you without each other. This is Jesus. Like, I want to be so immersed in your life where they can't tell where you begin and I end. They, they can't figure it out. They see you all over. They, they, I want to dwell in your hearts. And that would be rooted. Again, we talk about rooted. Rooted doesn't, is not a passive thing. Rooted is reaching and asking. It's submitting. It's humble. It's saying, it's searching, again, the deep things of God. Searching and asking, God, Lord, this is where I'm plumb line. This is where I need. I need so much from you, the things that are unseen that no one's going to see. No one sees the roots. No one sees what's done in secret. But he sees it and he rewards it. He's saying, reach, become rooted and grounded in love. It says established, but grounded, founded in love. He's like, from there, you may have the power together again with all the Lord's holy people to grasp. He's like, I want you to grasp this. I want you to see how high, how deep is the love of Christ, how wide. I have so much for you. You don't even, you've barely even touched the surface of my love. I want you to start seeing the fullness. I want you to be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. And this is why we fast. This is why we do this. Again, not the, just the 21 day fast, because you can see as we're going to probably move forward, we're going to offer this more often and we're not going to be bragging about it. Okay. But we're going to be encouraging it and say, man, this is the day we do this together. If you do it, guess what? I never will know. If you don't do it, I will never know. But God will know, and he longs for encounter, and that's the whole point. It's about him. This is why we fast, to remain tender, open to his will. Right? We remove the weeds. Remove the weeds. Get till, let God till that earth. Okay? Because he works and he tenderizes our hearts. We become tender moldable, teachable, and receptive. I love that passage from 1 Corinthians 2, 9, but it comes from actually Isaiah. He's quoting it from Isaiah. No, that one, no one has heard, no one has listened to, no eye has seen any God except you who acts on behalf of the one who waits for him. This is the original passage. Um, it, I love it because it's saying, you can't even imagine all that I have for you. You can't even fathom it. All that's in store for you. So remain moldable, teachable, remain receptive to encounter it because it's not what you do, right? It's not the, it's not the do to be like, you know, like, like my son would know he's my son and he would do things my son would do versus him saying, I don't know if I'm your son, but I'm going to do things that a son would do. Hopefully it earns my credit to become your son. Like, no, you're already my son. I love you. Out of that outflow, that relationship, that identity, I'm walking in, in love. I'm doing the things. So I'm not saying you can't do things, but the reality is it's about being, remaining receptive to encounter, to relationship with him. And it's not a proud heart, but a humble and a contrite heart that God can move, that God can restore, that God can speak into. Again, it comes from Isaiah 64, four through eight. There's gonna be some passages, passages here that are a little bit, tough to read. 
Um, from ancient times, no one has heard, no one has listened to, no eye has seen any God except you who acts on behalf of the one who waits for him. You welcome the one who joyfully does what is right. They remember you in your ways. But here's the reality, and this is the state of Israel in this place. We have sinned and you were angry. How can we be saved if we remain in our sins and it keeps continuing. All of us have become like something unclean and all our righteous acts. Again, the things that we thought we were doing right, the religious mo- motivations. He's like, no, I see for exactly you're doing this for others. You're not doing this for me anymore. They become unclean, like polluted garment. All of, the, all of us wither like a leaf and our iniquities carry us away like the wind. No one calls on your name. This is the reality. No one calls on your name, striving to take hold of you. This is the heart condition. He's like, no, but for you have hidden your face from us and made us melt because of our iniquity. Yet, Lord, I love this. You are our father. We are the clay and you are our potter. We all are the work of your hands. You want to work with us. We're just becoming a little too stubborn. We're walking in our ways. We're not remaining tender. This is the reality. This is the heart condition of Israel at this point. They're no longer tender. They're no longer receptive to God. They're making these big, grandiose religious things. And on top of that, they're also giving to their other gods. They're not fully seeking after God. So it seems like God's grumpy in, in this passage, in this short, brief stint here. It's like, wow, God's kind of grumpy. He's turning their fa- his face away from them. How rude. He's like, no, I have had my face towards you for a long time. I've looked at you. I've encouraged you. I've walked with you. I've done all these things. All I've asked you is to say, remain faithful. Remain steadfast in this place of receiving from me. Don't become cavalier about our relationship and add other gods into this mix? Get rid of those gods. They don't do anything for you. Remain receptive to my word. Man, it's a hard passage. He's like, we want to be, remind ourselves again. He's, that's why he's saying, we are clay. We are clay. Who are we to say who we are? They've been obviously not remembering that they're clay, that God wants to mold and shape us, to move us and use us how he wills. And he's like, we've kind of forgotten who we are. So God, help us to be remain tender. Remember who we are and who you are and how we have a plan. We have a place in your plan. But again, I'm not going to end it there because it seems like, man, this stinks. You know, like God's grumpy. He turned his face away from them. They're never, it just seems like there's no hope here. But he says, Isaiah says in 66, one through two, thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What is the house that you would build for me? And what is the place of my rest? All these things my hand has made. And so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look. Because it said it won't look. He's not looking at us anymore. He's like, but here's the reality. Here's the one I'll look at. Here's the one I'll turn my face to. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word who longs for my word, who needs my word, who longs for encounter. He's like, this is the person I can talk to. This is the person I can see. I can walk in relationship. Again, like you can't have a relationship. The relationship is unhealthy if the person's constantly going to other gods. Again, like it talks about so many times in the Old Testament, the prophets, you know, you think about, 
if your wife was unfaithful and she was seeking after other men and she's like, I love you, I love you, give up those other men. Give up, look at me, spend time with me, be in a relationship with me as a husband. Remain open. Because that's what's going on in Israel. They're unfaithful. But the reality is God has given us an opportunity to stay steadfast in the place of prayer. And this is why we fast. Again, it's not like, woe is me. He's like, no, I want you to understand. I have so much for you. I'm not holding back. You're not pressing in. You forgot that I have so much. What I've brought you, again, like, you know, we... I'm not going to pick on Israel today, okay? Because Israel walked through a lot of stuff and I wasn't there. So praise God I wasn't there. I probably would have been one of them just somehow like, man, there's Caleb at the top of the mountain doing something stupid. Like, oh, you know, who knows where I would have been? But praise God, he's reminding us. He has so much in store. And he's like, I'm a faithful husband. I am a faithful bridegroom. I have so much in store for you. Lay down the things that easily weigh you down. Lay aside every weight, lay aside every hindrance, anything that comes between me and you, because man, I'll tell you what, if you set aside that time, if you make the time, like when you're praying, you're spending and committing your ways to prayer a certain time of day, reading the word, he's going to encounter you, right? He encountered you. He wants that. So that's our heart's desire. Lord, help us to walk in the daily reality that we are poor in spirit that our spirit is mourning for the bridegroom. We're longing for God. We are mourning our sin, what we have done, but also longing for his return. Because the kingdom of heaven will be given to us. We will be comforted. And Lord, help us again. Like It's our heart's cry. Lord, help me to remain humble, meek, submitting to you, God. Because we will inherit the earth. It says you will inherit the earth, all that I have for you. And Lord, help us to be hungry and thirsty for right standing with you, to continually stay in that place. And he says, you will be filled. We are in need of God. We are consumed by and we long for all that he is. There is a blessing when we walk in this reality. So I'm going to just take a few minutes. We're going we're to be focusing on this for a few minutes. I don't know if anybody has any questions. Just putting a, just double second. Mary, yeah. I'm going to come out to you because I'm sure somebody else is, that way everyone can hear the question. Uh, <clears throat> the passage you had up with Ephesians, that's Paul, right? Uh, Didn't Paul write the letters to the Ephesians? And when I read that, I don't know if you can bring it back up again, but you can see it was the set next one, that one. Yes, yes. You can see that this basically is Paul telling the Ephesians what happened to him. Because, you know, you, when you tell someone out of a personal experience of something that you've had, that, that you're speaking truth to them, you've experienced it. Do you know that this is truth and this is the way it really was? And I think what he's saying here is basically he's mirroring what happened to him, that the Spirit came upon him, and then Christ began to dwell in his heart, and then that gave him the power to understand the love that surpassed knowledge because he had knowledge because he was a Jew but was persecuting Christians and killing them. And for him to change like he did was, you talk about a complete turnaround, 
you know, and I think this is kind of him explaining to them the process that he personally went through to become a follower of Christ and that, you know, he could speak from experience how that happened and, and the result of it, what the, the, the love that you're filled with and how powerful that is. Well, I, I love that you bring that up because actually it talks about from that point on, Paul fasted. Like when he had that encounter, he fasted. He, he gave up eating. He's like, I'm going to seek the Lord on this because again, he had never encountered the Lord the way he encountered him. So it's, it's good. It's like that whole point, like, and it shows, it's evident. The power of the Holy Spirit is moving in him. And he fasted. And he took that time and repented. Like, and again, it was, there's fast, different fasts, the prayer for repent, you know, fasting and repentance. And again, that's something that you could take along with corporate fast. Like we're like, Lord, am I not being steadfast? Am I, am I shrinking back? And you can't confess and repent from those things. And like, Lord, I haven't been. This is something that's a weakness. So it's not like, we're just going for this, we're going for this, but like, also, Lord, help me repent where I have stepped back, I've shrunk back, I've given up. I'm like, I haven't given you fully all of my steadfastness. I haven't remained faithful to you, Lord. So there can be repentance. And that's important that we do repent, right? Like, I mean, again, he, he's like, good, bring it to me. I will throw it away. I don't even think about it anymore, even though you're trying to think about it. And let's push delete and start again. That's like, again, this is what we're going to be doing the fast. This is how I want us to focus on this fast. See, we're not doing this together to prove anything to one another, but rather we're pursuing God and saying yes to his ways. We're just, God, we want you. We want you. We're choosing to say in steadfastness and in openness and to pursue him, to encounter him in his love. He has so much in store for us. He has so much in store. So this past week, I know, and hopefully you guys have had a chance to take time to ask God what he's inviting you into, what fast. And if you haven't, we're going to take a few minutes and do that, okay? Because like, I get it. Like, some of us have probably like, I'll think about it on that day, okay? Like, I'm, I'm, I've been like, avoiding this topic. I don't want to think about this. So if you are in that place where you're like, okay, I know. But we're going to take a few minutes. We're going to listen to a song. I'm gonna, or it's, I just love the song. It's, it's, it's Make Room. It's that making space for God to work. It's that submitting to him and saying, God, only you, your leadership, your authority, your will. We want that. So we're going to, starting today, we're going to take this answer and this challenge, and we're going to commit our ways to him and write it down. So all you have to do is write yes and what. And if it's, if it's you don't have to write all the rules. If you want to write all the rules on there, whatever you guys want to do. I don't expect that. Just if you have, do you, do you, all of you have pens? I love you, Vicky. Thank you. Again, we're going to be taking this together. and We're going to be seeking the Lord together. I, I want to do this and, and wholeheartedness. I'm not forcing anyone, but I'm like, but do we see the rewards of this? Do we see the benefits of this? And just say, Lord, I might not see it in week two. Week two might stink and say, Lord, this benefit doesn't feel like beneficial to me. It feels like a very big inconvenience. Wait till day 21, day 22, day 23, maybe day 28, maybe three weeks, five weeks after the fast is over. You're like, Lord, you know what? I didn't see it then, but I'm seeing now how much you're shifting my heart. And I'm going to commit to this, not maybe on a 21-day fast every day, you know, every week, every three days. They're like, not always, but maybe it's one day a week. I'm like, I'm going to commit to the Lord to remain tender, just to remind myself, like, Lord, I want to do this because I love this feeling of where I feel connected to your heart. Father, this is our desire. We are pursuing you and you only. 
Lord, we don't do this for any, any glory from one another. Not our spouses, no one, Lord. We don't give this to anyone but you. Father, all to you we surrender, Lord. I just think about that song, Lord. We, just, we declare that. We give this. We make space for you. We make room for you to grow, to speak into our lives, to be glorified, to knock down the walls where we've put up walls. And for, Lord, we want encounter. Lord, and if there's areas where like, I don't think I should fast because X, Y, Z, or this reason, or Lord, maybe it's because you want to encounter our hearts because we're hungry to know you for the first time ever. Lord, you didn't call us to fast if we felt like it. You said, when you do, because you're going to be hungry, you're going to need me, and you're going to need to move these things aside to encounter me because I know your weakness. I know your ways and I know what I have in store for you. So Father, I just ask that you would just help us open up our eyes to what you have in store. Give us, bring comfort to us when we are struggling, Lord. Bring peace in our hearts and, and say, I've been there because Father, we know that you've been there. Great things have happened 40-day fast, Lord, we don't even have anything on that. And Lord, what if you did invite us into that someday to seek you for 40 days, to seek and inquire in your temple? Wouldn't that be worth it? Jesus, I just pray a hedge of protection on the minds and the hearts of all of our body of Christ, this family that you've given us, Lord, a hedge of protection as the enemy is going to take, he's gonna work, he's gonna try and Lord, I just speak that he's going to fail. And Lord, I just plead and just pray grace and mercy on each one of us as we say, Lord, we are committing this to you. I pray grace and mercy as we fail, as we, we come and we mess it up and we blow it. And Lord, we just get tired and we get frustrated. Father, we say, I speak grace, your grace and your mercy to say, Lord, we push delete on those moments and we say yes again in our hearts to you. Jesus, we don't do this to fail, but Lord, we do this to encounter you, to come to you vulnerably, meekly, poor in spirit, because only you can satisfy. In Jesus' name.